my name is Ryan Wilson, and I picked a book called Troubled Nature's Waste Environment Japan by Peter Winkirby. Real quick, I will tell you everything you need to know about the book in case you're interested as we go along. Troubled Nature's is an ethnography or a case study published in 2011 by the University of Hawaii Press. Um, so fairly recent in terms of ethnographies if it was published in 2011. Probably the easiest way to get the book is to either buy it on Google Play for just $10, access it through JSTOR, through your institution, or buy the hardcover on Amazon for $25. If you do decide to read the 200-so page book, you'll be in good hands. Peter Wynn Kirby is an outstanding ethnographer who specializes in health and the environment. According to his website, peterwynkirby.com, he currently is at the University of Oxford, where he's a senior lecturer in anthropology. He got his PhD in social anthropology from the University of Cambridge. He's studied extensively in Paris and in Japan. Specifically in Japan, he spent several years as an assistant professor at Ritsu Miken and has done research at Tokyo University. So yeah, he's done all of that and more. Troubled Nature's Waste Environment Japan is an accumulation of around 10 years of long-term ethnographic research. The study highlights Japanese culture and its contradictingly high amount of dioxin and toxic emissions going up in the air because of all the waste being burned in their incinerators. He conducted his study from 1998 to 2006 and then later from 2007 to 2009. Kirby follows this up by saying that the Japan he arrived in wasn't economically stable, but going through a recession and thus bankruptcies and unemployment. Because of this, quoting Kirby, the social repercussions of this upheaval were seismic, and a number of Japanese I encountered were unusually frank about this difficult period, unquote. The study turned from something relatively harmless, like waste, to more politically controversial ideas of the Japanese ideal and their idea of waste in the environment. In any case, Kirby would spend his time in this book in two locations, the Ozma Ward and Horiuchi. Both locations face controversy. The first, the Ozma Ward, had a waste transfer facility planted in a park. Subsequently, residents have been feeling illness due to dioxins somehow being filtered through the area. A long protest led by the residents revealed discreet attempts to try to deny and conceal the threats for reasons Kirby explores. The second location, Horiuchi, is a quote, sleepy, rather ordinary-seeming district that, like many in Tokyo, found itself bombarded by mass media reports regarding toxic pollution, unquote. In Horiuchi, the Tokorozawa forest is a place where some vegetables are grown and sold to nearby grocery markets and around the Saitama prefecture. A new story came out in which the lettuce from these farming areas was carrying toxic chemicals. The study and the news made from it was later found to have no real basis in evidence. In any case, this produced a big scare, which is literally why it's called the Tokorozawa scare. The news company that produced the scare eventually went under as a result. Kirby also takes the liberty to explore other topics like crow infestation, the famous sakura tree blooming, and the exploitative whaling industry. Because of these controversies, Kirby finds himself in a position to dig deep into Japanese culture and what he finds is interesting, to say the least. The book is set up in a digestible manner. Each chapter, excluding the introduction and conclusion, talks about different topics. 
Kirby connects each of these topics to the wider cultural experience of the Japanese. More specifically, Kirby talks about the crows picking out garbage and the obsession with whaling, as I said a moment ago. But what's interesting is that he uses these topics to dig deeper. In chapter 6, for example, Kirby talks about the obsession with purity. The Japanese are generalized to be very thorough with cleaning, like how multiple sandals are used to get through the house. Some households have so many different pairs that it becomes a mini-game of the floor's lava in order to get from one room to the next. Others, small illogical things like leaving a futon out in the sun to get rid of germs or sprinkling salt to purify sumo rings radiates out of Japanese culture. While that's harmless enough, Kirby doesn't stop there. This obsession with purity, Kirby argues, leads to the ostracization of certain groups. Some groups of pretty much normal people are labeled as budakumen or untouchables. They aren't necessarily experiencing oppression as much as they are just being ignored or neglected. That was chapter 6, and other chapters like number 7 talk about fertility and the nation's consciousness of the declining birth rate. Work culture and the emphasis on higher education means that family is somewhat of a natural thought. Along with the economic bubble pop in the 1990s, no one wanted to or even could have kids. Work culture nowadays is very different from the work culture experienced in the West. Instead of the emphasis on independence and doing your own thing, the business is essentially your family. Dying from overwork is a term that is unfortunately very real in Japan. While it might seem ludicrous to Westerners, it's all too familiar to the Japanese. In response to the declining birth rate due to all this, a pretty striking fact Kirby points out is that Viagra was adopted and integrated in less than a year by pharmaceuticals, but the pill took approximately 10 years to get through the same system. The government wants people to have kids, and so little things like this have been trickling through the Japanese rhetoric as of lately. Throughout the book, Kirby comes back to reoccurring themes, mainly the fixation of Japanese culture on nature. The sakura blooming described in chapter 4 and the tradition of hanami, which is watching the blooming of sakura trees, is an example of that obsession. This event is a major event, and the treatment of the event is more anthropocentric than one would expect. The tracking of the blooming on the news, the obsession with taking photos and going to parks where sakura trees are blooming is a massive phenomenon. Another example is the emphasis on four distinct seasons. Despite lots of places having the same climate, there is an almost unusual pride that Japan has on this four distinct seasons. This is Japanese-ness, or Nihonjinon. Kirby could explain this better, and so I'm going to read out a passage from chapter four on the subject. Still, nature pervades contemporary Japanese society. Along with the pervasive notion that Japan is a homogenous society with distinct universal characteristics, such as groupism, and a uniqueness that distinguishes Japan from all other nations, Japan resonates with the belief that the single characteristic of Japanese culture derives from the particularities of Japanese nature. This rendering of Japanese nature has thrived with the quasi-scholarly genre of conservative, essentialist Japanese writing known as Nihon Jinron, and has influenced many in a country proline to collective introspection. Ideologically blended, Nihonjiron writers discern the Japanese people's stereotypical traits as stemming from immersion in the sequestered Japanese natural milieu. For example, as the Nihonjiron argument often goes, 
a history of benevolent climate and abundance of natural resources predisposes the Japanese to lead a peaceful, non-aggressive, collective, agrarian existence in harmony with nature, in contrast to carnivorous foreign peoples who slaughter livestock, fight internecine wars, and grapple with a harsh environment. Japanese discourse on nature partly involves nostalgia for what are considered traditional relations with nature. That is, village life in an idealized agrarian community. I think this point is specifically interesting because this is very obvious in Japanese media and art. Nature, its description and idealization can be seen especially in novels but also TV. What results from this particularly is something contradictory. Kirby argues that because of all the waste and toxic emissions, the Japanese don't necessarily love nature itself, but the nature that has been cultivated by humans. Zen gardens are an example of this pinnacle. Kirby concludes by bringing Japan into the larger context of environmental activism. Kirby uses Japan as an example to say that the world is too nuanced for there to be one global environmental solution. Japan has a unique situation with population density and incinerators. And despite Japan accounting for the majority of toxic chemical emissions globally, Kirby believes that Japan has the potential to be a world leader in environmental cleanliness in the future. I think that's this book, Troubled Nature's Waste Environment Japan by Peter Wynn Kirby is a great book to read, even for people not necessarily interested in anthropology. The book, like many ethnographies, reads like a novel. The difference is that readers will walk away with an in-depth knowledge of some of the most covert but important fundamentals of Japanese culture and rhetoric in accordance with their contemporary real-world problems. As many critique, I would say that the depiction of the Japanese seems too generalized. It might be easy for readers to come to the conclusion that most Japanese are ethnocentric and wasteful. I personally don't have any experience going to Japan, so it's hard for me to necessarily be a qualified critic. And Kirby does end on a positive note. But I think the positives of Japanese-ness and work culture and nature enthrallment are downplayed in order to get to the juicy stuff, which I am all for, don't get me wrong. That, however, is my only critique of the book. As a reader, I was very entertained and I learned a lot. If you want to pick up the book yourself, again, it's very accessible. If you'd like to learn more about Japanese culture and are invested or interested in the environment or its issues, which this does a fantastic job of talking about, I wholeheartedly recommend it. Thanks for listening.